Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, on today's show, we are going to kick off our off-season AFC South roundup with the Indianapolis Colts. First, we're going to look at all the transactions, all the draft picks, and all the moves that the Colts made in the offseason. Then, we're going to bring on the brand new hosts of Locked On Colts to give us their perspective on the Colts offseason. We'll cap things off by taking a look at the two games the Titans play against the Colts this year and how I think those games play out. So, breaking down everything that's happened with the Indianapolis Colts on today's edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. Let's get it! You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Titans fans, I am so excited to kick off part one of our offseason AFC South Roundup on today's show. We are diving into the Indianapolis Colts. What moves have they made throughout the offseason? How do the hosts of Locked On Colts feel about where the Colts are at right now? And who's going to win those two games this year between the Titans and the Colts? We're getting into all of that. Before we do, though, do want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online where the game starts. Also, want to thank you guys for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day. If this is your first ever listen to the Locked On Titans podcast, make sure that you subscribe on whatever platform that you do stream. You're going to find the Locked On Titans podcast free and available on all platforms, including the Locked On Titans YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe there. Smash that notification bell so you know when the content goes live and throw a thumbs up on the video if you're watching right now. You can find me on social media, on Twitter, at Tic Tac Titans, on Facebook, at Locked On Titans Pod. And like I said, today is part one. Throughout the rest of the week, we're going to break down the Houston Texans with John and Cody from Locked On Texans. We're going to break down the Jags with Tony Wiggins, my OG from Locked On Jags. So, got some great episodes lined up for you guys throughout the rest of the week. Make sure that you are locked in to the Locked On Titans podcast. But with that being said, let's dive into all the moves that the Colts made this offseason. And make no mistake, the Indianapolis Colts are the primary challenger for the division, for the Tennessee Titans. I think the Colts got quite a bit better this offseason. The Titans, not so certain. That's what happened, but everything will play out on the field. But here is what the Colts have done. Obviously, the number one move was trading away Carson Wentz. What they did was they traded away a third rounder in 2022. The the Washington Commanders traded away uh, a third rounder in 2022, a third rounder, conditional third rounder in 2023. They did a swap of second round picks and Carson Wentz goes to the Commanders. The Colts receive all that. And then they make the corresponding move to trade for Matt Ryan, and they give up a 2022 third-round pick. I believe it was actually the third-round pick that they got from the Washington Commanders. So they use that capital they get from the Carson Wentz trade. They go out, they get Matt Ryan. An obvious upgrade on Carson Wentz. While Carson Wentz has more natural talent right now at this stage in their careers at their ages, 
Carson Wentz is just uh, a bucking Bronco that's going to throw off his team more than he's going to keep him on. Matt Ryan is a much more steady presence, more in the Phillip Rivers mold that the Colts used in 2020. Just an older veteran who may not have incredible escapability, doesn't have the strongest arm, isn't in his prime. But just having a smart veteran who's going to do the right thing, get the ball to where it needs to go, I see that as, as an upgrade for the Colts, but only slightly. Matt Ryan's still profiling more as a Phillip Rivers type, and I don't think the Colts have solved their quarterback issue long-term. But in the in the meantime, in the present time, I do think it makes the Colts just a little bit better. Now, they also saw their starting tight end, Jack Doyle, retire, but they signed backup tight end Mo Alley-Cox to an extension, and I think that would mean that he is going to take that role of the number one tight end spot. They traded cornerback Rock Yassin for pass rusher Yannick Ngakwe. I think that's a huge move as well, a move that we'll dive into more when we have Jake and Zach on to talk about what the Colts have done in the offseason in our next segment. Also, they added guys in the secondary that I think can make an impact. Safety, Rodney McLeod. They also, of course, added Hall of Fame cornerback Stephon Gilmore. Now, Gilmore, not quite in his prime, but still a very solid player and at a, a position of major need. For the Colts. So that's a big addition. In the draft, they draft wide receiver Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati, another big bodied wide receiver like Michael Pittman. So that fits the mold. Jelani Woods, the 6'7 tight end that a lot of Titans fans really liked. Another big body kind of Mo Alley Cox style guy. They also brought in Bernard Raymond, the uh, talented but older left tackle from Minnesota. So that's obviously somebody they're hoping can fix their tackle spot. And they also brought in safety Nick Cross from Maryland, who I liked. I got to say, I like those four picks in the draft. I think they fit positions of need, and those are solid players who I liked in the pre-draft process. They also brought in defensive tackle Eric Johnson, defensive tackle Curtis Brooks. They brought in tight end Alec, uh, Alec Ogletree, like the linebacker Andrew Ogletree. And they brought in cornerback Rodney Thomas as well, but, you know, low-end late-round draft picks. You can't expect a ton out of them early on. They did sign some veterans as well. Dennis Kelly, as we know so well. Shout-out to The Undertaker. Miss him. Wish he was still on the Titans. Uh, Philip Lindsay, the running back, had a productive rookie season. Has kind of fallen off since then, but obviously a guy who can tote the rock behind uh, Jonathan Taylor. They brought in Nick Foles, who obviously has history with Frank Reich, winning the Super Bowl in Philadelphia together. And then, Corey Willis, the safety, retired. So, some people took that as a, you know, that's a tough loss for the Colts, but I got to say, bringing in McLeod, uh, Nick Cross is the draft pick who I like quite a bit out of Maryland. I think that impact is minimized with some of the moves that they made. It seems like the Colts maybe had an idea that, uh, that Willis may be considering retirement, but those are all the big moves that really will move the needle for the Colts. Is it enough to put them over the edge? Do they need to do more? Where do we see the Colts being next year? We're going to have all of those questions answered by the hosts of Locked on Colts. I'm very excited to bring on Jake Arthur and Zach Hicks, the new hosts of Locked on Colts. Oh, ready to dive into that discussion. But of course, before we do, I want to tell you guys about BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including information on NHL's playoffs, Major League Baseball's regular season. They have stuff about uh, MMA, boxing, golf, horse racing. I mean, even Vegas casino games. You're going to find everything you need at BetOnline.net. It remains the best spot for all your sports scores, 
and news this season. Head to their website today or use the mobile device to learn more about all the trends and all the action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, folks, so we are going to continue the first edition of our off-season divisional roundup, obviously continuing our conversations about the Indianapolis Colts, who do seem like the number one challenger for the Tennessee Titans. The Colts want to take back the division, and Jim Ursay had a lot to say about wanting to get the Titans off their winning streak, and the Colts have done a lot, as we just discussed in this offseason to kind of remake the roster, and they made a ton of great additions to help me break it all down. I'm very excited to introduce the new hosts of Locked on Colts. We have Zach Hicks, and then we have Jake Arthur. Zach up top, Jake down below. They'll be taking over for Evan Sidery, and congrats to Evan. He's doing a lot with his NBA coverage now, moving on to that side of his work, and he's doing a really good job over there, so thanks to Evan for uh, being with the Locked on Colts podcast and coming on the show a lot. But, man, I am so excited to have Zach and Jake on this season and do our crossovers. Uh, guys, my first question to you, out of all the moves we saw from the Colts, the Matt Ryan, Yannick Ngakwe, Stephon Gilmore, what would you guys say is the most impactful or mo- the most important move out of all the moves you saw from the Colts this offseason? Feel free for both of you to answer. Exactly. I think we ahead, can, I'm going to say, I think we completely agree on this, but it's going to be right. Matt Ryan. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like not even close Matt Ryan. And, and that's not even to say Carson Wentz was this terrible quarterback that, you know, worse than the league. You know, it's, it's nothing to say like that. It's just when you look at Frank Reich's offense and you look at this West coast centered uh, quick pass offense, get the ball to your playmakers, Carson Wentz just didn't fit that. And now you're going to a quarterback like Matt Ryan, who is a former MVP who's had some really good seasons. I mean, last year was a bit of a down year, but even the years before that, he was still very, very good. So uh, that major upgrade at quarterback from maybe, you know, a bottom a bottom 10 starter in the league to maybe a top 15, top 16 type starter, uh, that, that's huge in the NFL. You guys know that, obviously, from when you went from Mariota to Tannehill, how much it changed, right. you know, everything about the Titans. Uh, the Colts are kind of hoping that they can get a little bit of that with Matt Ryan. So, uh, yeah, upgrading to Matt Ryan from Carson Wentz and actually gaining capital in that in that uh, mm-hmm. switch right there. Uh, I think that's by far and away the biggest move they made. Well, Jake, other than the yeah. Matt Ryan uh, signing, which you guys obviously agree on, what would you say would be maybe the next important that the the Yannick Ngakwe move, the the Stephon Gilmore signing, or is it something that maybe isn't on our uh, instant view uh, of the moves they made? Yeah, I'd, I'd have to say it was Ngakwe. Uh, that just felt like such an important move. Uh, mm-hmm. People have been, because you know he bounces from team to team, it seems, every year. People have had an eye on him for a few years, it seems, and it just hasn't happened. And they've really been missing like a keystone edge rusher since Robert Mathis retired. Mm-hmm. And Pay is hopefully going to be that guy eventually, maybe even this year. But Ngakwe gives you a proven guy right now. He's been one of the most consistent pass rushers in the league since he got in there. Uh, it seems like no matter what team he's on, he faces the Colts every time and he gets a sack. He gets like right. he's a disruptor every single time. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so now they finally benefit from that. And it also takes attention off of DeForest Buckner, Quiddy Pay. It helps those other guys go into one-on-one matchups and win those and right. use use their talents and gifts to, to get to the quarterback. So it uh, they, they do 
they do have a little approving to do from the young guys, but they at least have a veteran who can do it from the edge right now. Yeah. And that's actually a, a great way, Jake, you threw up a softball lob to me there. A great way to segue <laughs> into the next question that I had for you. You talk about, you know, some things they need to do. What, from your guys' perspective, if each of you could point out one thing that you want the Colts to improve upon going into the season as we get into training camp, or maybe not even that they have to make an addition, but just something that you're watching for that you're maybe a little bit concerned about and it, it needs to prove out before you feel super comfortable in aspect of the team. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess I don't want to take anything from Jake here again, but I'll stick with the <laughs> offense. I'll stick with quarterback. And I think it's just a more consistent passing game. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we saw it a lot last year, again, with Carson Wentz, where you would have one game where, you know, against the Bucks or the Ravens, 300 yards passing, and, and the passing game looks great. Uh, everything's clicking. And then you'll have games against, you know, the Titans or games against uh, the Jaguars at the end of the season, the Raiders against at the end of the season where it's like 150 right. yards passing. You can't have that mm-hmm. in the NFL. You can't have uh, you can't have the run pass splits that the Colts had down the stretch. It was like 65 to 35 yeah. uh, in the last like 10 games because the Colts just did not trust their quarterback. Uh, and against the Patriots in a huge game, they threw the ball 12 times. Uh, they, they just right. you just cannot have that in the NFL. So I think the biggest thing that we're going to be looking for is, you know, chemistry with Matt Ryan and these in these receivers. And if this passing game, especially early in the season, can be consistent, you know, it doesn't have to be 300, 400 yards every single game, but you'd like to see that pass run split back to, you know, a normal level of 55, 45 or 60 to 40 in favor of the pass uh, and and see like the passing game be, you know, 250, 300 yards, you know, close to that every single game. You you just cannot win in the NFL only running the ball. Like I I know these are the Mm -hmm. two teams that, you yeah, know, yeah, I know, with, I know. But, Preach to the choir. Do you right, think they've right. done enough at receiver to do that? I know the Matt Ryan acquisition was obviously huge, but do you think the receiving core is good enough now to, to have that improvement in the passing game? I think the way that I compared it was, you know, 2018 with Andrew Luck, you, you had that one star receiver, you had T.Y. Hilton in 2018, like the Colts had Michael Pittman Jr. as that star receiver. Uh, you have a good running game, and then you have a lot of players who can do little roles for you. So I don't—I wouldn't say it's like a top 15, maybe even a top 20 receiver group in the NFL, but I do think it's enough to to fill the roles that Frank Reich needs in this offense. And he's always been one of the better play callers in terms of getting guys open. Uh, so it's not too concerning. But, uh, you know, guys like Alec Pierce, Paris Campbell, uh, they're definitely going to need to step up. There's, there's no denying that. But I think this can be an offense similar to like the 2018 Colts with, you know, you don't have a ton of stars at receiver, but you have the one star player and you have a bunch of good players that know their role. Well, Jake, what are, what are you maybe concerned about or or watching for as the Colts go into training camp? Yeah, I think that's probably the biggest area still that I'm looking at is the pass catchers, both tight ends and receivers, because there's just so many unproven guys on there. Um, Their main group of receivers right now behind Michael Pittman Jr., um, Doolin, Paris Campbell, uh, Mike Strawn, those guys, I think, combined for like 27 catches last year. And when this offense is working like it's supposed to, like the the most – Phillip Rivers was a good example. Mm -hmm. But like Zach mentioned, Andrew Luck, when he was under center, was like what Frank Reich probably wants the offense to look like at any given week. Andrew spread the ball around a ton. Uh, They set Mm -hmm. the record for like most touchdowns by a different receiver, like yeah. things like that. Pittman will get the lion's share of the targets, but it's very much supposed to be role-based yep. and just to spread the ball around and just to find the open man. Um, but that's still there. There's a lot of unproven guys there, but they really believe that having an accurate veteran quarterback like Matt Ryan is going to mm-hmm. help 
further the development for these receivers. Like Carson Wentz wasn't able to. Yeah. Well, Wentz has definitely kind of played did. outside. Yeah, he kind of played out outside. You know, if you're coloring inside the lines, he scribbled outside the lines a lot. Right. And Matt Ryan just kind of sticking to the script and taking what the defense gives him should help these young guys develop a little better. Yeah, I think getting the ball in the right places, giving them yards after catch opportunities, like you talked about, just being accurate and throwing the ball to the right person, mm-hmm. uh, operating within the offense probably will rise all, uh, raise all boats. You know, it's a tide yeah. that raises all boats, as quarterbacks can do. My last question for you guys before we get out of here is just, what are your expectations of the Colts this year? I'm not necessarily asking for a record prediction, but do you think they win the division? Do you think they're a playoff team? Do you think they're less than that? What, what kind of area do you see them finishing? Uh, with the with the team that they have now, yeah, you know it, it's hard to say like they're definitely going to win the division. You know, when you won one out of the last six yeah. matchups against the Titans, and and probably around the same against the Jaguars, honestly, is what it feels like. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's hard to say they're definitely going to win the division, or even that they're favorites because the Titans still have a really good roster even after trading away AJ Brown. Uh, but I do think that they're right there with the Titans. I think if you look roster to roster, uh, almost every position, uh, these teams are very comparable. Uh, so I, I would be shocked if they're not competing for the division late in the season. Uh, but I think the expectation, you know, some people will say win the division is the expectation. But for me, uh, you have to make the playoffs. You have to make yeah. the playoffs this year with with all the moves they made. Uh, and I think you at least got to win one game in the playoffs. You know, they've been close a couple times with Frank Reich. I know they won a playoff game in 2018. But uh, when you get to the point where they are now, where, you know, Frank Reich's, I think, in his, what, fifth year with the team, uh, you, you have to start winning the playoff games. It doesn't have to be win the Super Bowl, but – you made the trade for Matt Ryan. You made the trade for Yannick Ngakwe. You you acquired Stephon Gilmore. Like you got you got to make some things happen now. So I, I think you know 10, 11, 12 wins, uh, competing for the division, uh, and you got to win that playoff game. And and I think that's what the expectation is. And I think that's kind of the expectation all these players and coaches have for this season too. Yep, I I would be right there along with you. The playoffs are a must. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of pressure on the coaching staff and front office just because yeah. they they there's a lot of notoriety. There's a ton of respect there. I think everyone agrees with the way they tend to do most things, but the, where's the success so far? Right. Um, everything, you know, on paper, their team is always supposed to be very good. Right. Um, and I think last year, all they were missing was consistent quarterback play. Yeah, I mean, I mean from weeks four to 16, yeah. they were a top right. five team. Yeah, I mean, people talk yeah. about them like a championship contender. Yeah, and Jonathan exactly. Taylor was the MVP for right. some of the mid part of the season. Right. So, yeah, they were, I, they were I, nine I and three in 11 weeks or in a 12 week stretch. They were nine and three uh, yeah. with beating, with beating the crap out of the Bills, beating um, the Patriots, beating uh, the 49ers, you know, beating playoff teams. So they, they were right they, there with the Buccaneers too. Buccaneers they they too. literally looked like they could be any team in the NFL right. and then mm-hmm. just totally collapsed. And you have a lot of the same star players returning. You have what everyone assumes is an upgrade at quarterback coming. So playoffs are an absolute must. Yep. It's I yeah, I just can't imagine the fallout if it doesn't happen. Yeah. Right. And you know what? It's funny you say that they need to win one of those playoff games too, because I can tell you from the last two seasons with the Titans yep. that getting to the playoffs is cool. But if you get to the playoffs and you lose that first game, it's like going to the nicest restaurant in town. And they tell you all they got is available is the appetizers. You don't got the full yeah. menu. Yeah. You know, it just, and it's sweet, but just not good enough. Yeah. And no one remembers if you come close in the playoff game, you know, the, yeah. the Colts were the wild card team in 2020 with Philip rivers. Yep. They were the seven seed or the, yeah, the seven seed versus the Bills. Lost took the, the Bills, Bills to the wire. Yeah. Took the Bills to the wire. Lost by three mm-hmm. when they had yep. uh, four points left on the table from missed kicks. 
but no one's going to remember that in a couple of years. They just nope. know that you lost to the Bills. So yep. if you have to win, it's just like you guys with the with the Bengals yep. this past year. It was a back Nine and forth sex, game. But right. three yep. interceptions and lose right. by three. Who cares? Yeah, I feel exactly. it. I feel it. Yeah, it, it, the teams are in very comparable, very similar situations, not only in build-wise, but in the vibes, in the building, and around the fan base. But I can't wait to break down the season more with you guys. Obviously, a couple crossovers during the season. Good luck. Welcome to the Locked On Podcast Network. Zach, Jake, thank you so much for coming on. Next, guys, I'm going to give you my prediction on the season series between the Colts and the Titans. Do the Titans sweep? Do the Titans get swept? Is it even? I'll tell you what I think. Thank you guys again so much for coming on. We'll dive into that in just a second. Titans fans, we are going to cap off part one of our AFC Divisional Roundup here in the offseason by discussing the two games that the Titans have against the Colts this year. How do I see those games playing out? Sweep, sweep, split. What happens there? We're going to dive into that before we do. Got to remind you guys again, thank you for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first to listen every day. Make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you do stream. Locked On Titans is free and available everywhere, and we're doing a couple of weeks of three episodes a week. Your boys just trying to enjoy summer. Different from other off-seasons, your boys got a girlfriend. Things are moving quickly. Things are moving well. And, uh, yeah, she wants a, a couple of my weeknights during the summer. So sacrifices are being made, but that's all good and well because we are approaching training camp, getting ever so close. And a couple of weeks before training camp begins, we're going to be back to five episodes a week and uh, getting you guys ready to go for training camp. And then into the season we go and things really kick off from there. No pun intended. Well, pun intended. Whatever. I don't care. So either way, just make sure that you're subscribed daily, Monday through Friday, Tennessee Titans content pretty much all year round. But let's dive into, also, I want to say Jake, Zach, doing a great job in their new venture as the hosts of Locked On Colts. I know there's been some divisiveness with uh, the Colts in previous years, but hopefully you guys uh, can enjoy them as the new hosts and the crossovers seem to be going very, very well. So excited to have them with the Locked On Network, but let's finally talk about these games. Long preamble to begin the third segment. Number one, the Titans play the Colts week four at Indianapolis. And I got to tell you, I'm happy to get that at Indy game early, out of the way. And here's why. One, I don't want the Colts to play the Colts in any pivotal games at the end of the year, like in the last four or five weeks of the season. Just too much. I've been a Titans fan for too long. Okay. I'm scarred, whatever you want to call it. I don't want that. So great. Let's play Indy at Indy early. Okay. Number two, they did make a lot of changes. New quarterback, new defensive coordinator, a lot of new faces. Maybe in week four, they won't be up to their peak yet. You know what I mean? They won't all be fully acclimated and comfortable in their new systems with their new teams. And so maybe the Titans can steal one there. I like that. I like that. That's good. But I don't think they do. I think Indy's improved. As you guys know, I think the Titans have taken a step back. So I think the offensive line is worse. I think the pass catchers are worse. The defense is basically the same. Um, so for me, 
I think the Titans do lose that first game at Indianapolis. I just think at the end of the day, both of these teams are going to be playoff teams. And I think both teams are pretty good. I think they're evenly matched, similar talent levels. So I think that Indy is going to win a game, and I would expect them to win their game at home. But week seven is in Tennessee, and the Titans play the Colts. And the Titans have a bye the week before. And I know that the Mike Vrabel extra preparation record, he was 8-0. Well, Titans lost to the Bengals. So that's busted. 8-1. But still 8-1. So Mike Vrabel with a bye week, with a home game, in a must-win game. Let me tell you that. Especially if the Titans lose that game in Indianapolis in week four, which is what I'm projecting right now, week seven is a must-win. And I got to tell you, even when I did the Titans schedule breakdown, I called that game at home against the Colts a must-win. Whether the Titans win at Indy, whether the Titans don't win at Indy in week four, they have to win week seven. They absolutely have to win week seven. No question about it. You're at home. You had a bye. They just have to. There's just no question about it. It is a must-win game if there ever was a must-win game on the Titans' schedule. Not only because of being at home and having a bye and it being a division game, but because I do expect the Colts to be right there with the Titans. Now, you look at these teams long-term. I think... I think whichever team doesn't win the division is going to be 10-7 and seven and make the wild card. I think whichever team does win the division is going to have to win 11 games. 11-6, and six, I think, wins the division. 10-7 and seven will get you a wild card spot, though. So I think both teams make the playoffs. And honestly, I'm predicting it, predicting it now. I think that the Titans play the Colts in round one. That's what I think. I think the Titans will play the Colts in round one. I think uh, both teams, Titans go 11 and 6, 10 and 7. Colts go 11 and 6, 10 and 7. Either way, they're the four seed and the five seed. So I, I see a, a, a real chance that the Titans and the Colts, and even if it's three and six, I, I mean, I think that makes a ton of sense and could line up for the, if the division winner is at 11 and six and they get the third seed. And then the other team's 10 and 7. That lines up with being the sixth seed as well. So I think we might get three matchups against these teams. And I got to tell you, if the Titans and the Colts played in the playoffs, based on what we see right now with, uh, you know, no declarative statements, but right now, give me the Tennessee Titans. I think the Titans would win in a playoff game. And the one thing that really goes in the Titans' favor here is the pass rush. Matt Ryan is less mobile than Carson Wentz. And the Colts do not have, as I talked to Jake and Zach about earlier, the Colts do not have a very good wide receiver core. I'd say it's probably just as bad as the Titans. Maybe a little bit better because Michael Pittman's better than Robert Woods right now and more of a number one wide receiver. But outside of that, I'd take Traylon Burks. Nick Westbrook-Akina is better than any second wide receiver that the Colts have right now, Paris Campbell or the, the ghost of T.Y. Hilton, as I like to call it. So, I think the Titans wide receiver core is better. Pass catching group is better. Uh, Austin Hooper over Mo Alley Cox all day. So, the real advantage the Titans have is that pass rush 
getting on Matt Ryan, who lacks mobility with a receiving core that isn't much to write home about. So that is the area where the Titans can, if the Titans sweep, it's because the pass rush just went absolutely nuts. But at the end of the day, that's what all of us are saying about the Titans season. If the defense takes that next step to just elite levels, the Titans will be better than last year or just as good. That may be true, but will they? That's what we're watching for. But a great first installment in the AFC South roundup for the offseason. The next episode we have will be the Houston Texans. Can't wait to dive into that. And then, of course, we'll cap off the week with the Jacksonville Jaguars on Thursday. So Texans on Tuesday or Monday night for YouTube. Jags on Thursday or Wednesday night for YouTube. Make sure you guys subscribe to the Locked On Titans podcast. That's going to do it for me today, though, folks. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked On Titans.